And I think he totally pulled it off. Like, I think this is a, like a seriously strong debut for a writer director. Like I, it's, I mean, it's very accomplished. I felt like he had directed like 20 movies already, but it was only his first one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spore the Warning podcast. This is review number 400 with a review of The Witch. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Goody Patrick. And hither art Stephen, son of Kenneth, child of Abraham, and beloved of God. <laughs> and if you're joining us for the first time, the Spore the Warning podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we are all being banished into the wood, and we are going to be talking about the bitch so into the woods (laughs) (laughs) to grandmother's house (laughs) um how are you guys doing today tonight i'm glad steven really got into character because uh yeah yeah i i think this episode by the way we need to all speak with like kind of impossible to understand accents (laughs) just so people feel more immersed in the podcast and the old english the old english yeah or have like a really deep voice like the like the father in this movie sound like you're in like a metal band <laughs> no joke i was like b- before so carson was the first person i called to get on our internet connection here a moment ago and i was trying in my head to deliver any line i could think of from the movie and i could not get my voice deep enough like only when i have like severe like bronchial like problems can i get my voice that low and i just couldn't do it so i gave up hope yeah, I don't even know. Christopher, <laughs> thou art my friend. It just sounds like Vader. But it, but it's not even like an. It, it doesn't sound like an attempted low voice. It's just like a legitimately super low octave voice, which is crazy sounding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He. I mean, he's like the scariest <laughs> member of the cast <laughs> by far. <laughs> I'm I, I just saying that I would not want to make him mad, like, regardless of whether we were in the oldie times where we had to worry about the wilderness and the elements and possible witches existing. He Witch. feels very authentic, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, should we, uh, show our authenticness and just jump into this episode? I don't know how that would be in a demonstration of authenticness, but how about so? Let's do it authentically. All right. We're going to play you the honest to God, honest to God <laughs> authentic trailer for The Witch, and then we're going to come back and give you a review. What went we out into this wilderness to find? Leaving our country, kindred, our father's houses. For what? For the kingdom of God. Let us pray. Destroy my faith, for I repent and thou shalt be. God, my 
So that was the trailer for The Witch. Um, basically, a family is banished out of the little colony they're living in, and uh, a baby is taken, and uh, the family suspects that maybe a wolf has taken it, but it might have turned out to be a witch. So, Carson, what did you think of this film? Sorry, I was taking a drink of water. Um <laughs> I know that I'm going to go to you first. <laughs> Why do you drink water? Well, I'm trying to hydrate. I'm trying to hydrate because uh, these demonic forces are trying to get all up in me. And uh, you, you really need drink. to be, you know, hydrated. Fluids. You could have drinking any time during the trailer playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, we, we listen to it live. Um, <laughs> the magic of editing. Anyways, mm-hmm. what, what, what did you think of this film? I really, really enjoyed this movie, and um, I think it lives up to the hype, uh, and then some. I think that uh, while it's not exactly scary per se, it's uh, comes comes hard with the the atmosphere and the dread for sure. Piles it on thick and. Uh, I uh, very much enjoyed that. Uh, it's definitely a, a like a bone chilling type of movie where uh, the tension is very high uh, most of the movie, and you really don't know what's going to happen um, until things start happening. You're just like, oh shit, like no. <laughs> and um, but I guess since Chris talked about it in the plot description, but. Like for instance, the scene where uh, she's playing peekaboo with her with the baby, and the baby gets snatched. Um, there's a lot of moments like that where they like really focus in, like a lot of like intense close ups on things, and you're just all like, oh god! Like after that, they like really fake you out a lot because you just are imagining something horrible to happen at any moment. Like there's about. Like, no joke, there's about, like, four different scenes of the father in this movie, like, intensely chopping wood, and it's, like, <laughs> really, like, close up on him, like, either over overhead shot of him, like, standing behind him, or, like, POV, like, low-angle POV, like, from the wood or something, and, like, I just, at any moment, you think that, like, somebody's gonna creep up behind him, or, like, the next you know, woodblock he's going to grab is like a head or something. Like, that's the kind of shit that this movie goes down. Uh, it really feels like... It, it feels like a lot of things. Um, it, it It is its own beast, for sure. But uh, a lot of things crossed my mind while watching this movie. One, um, and we briefly touched upon, the father in this film is uh, almost as scary as the 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 Satan things going on. Uh, if not scarier, but um, the, uh, he really reminds me of the the main guy in Hard to Be a God. So this is like the baby Einstein version of Hard to Be a God. Um, <laughs> that was that was a thought that I had because it's it's pretty, it's like not mainstream, but it's like definitely a lot more accessible than Hard to Be a God. And like the main guy and his voice definitely is like the the main dude in that movie like just super just deep and booming and uh threatening and um sorry <clears throat> cupcake burp um <laughs> yeah so that that reminded me of that and plus it's like very like that it's like the same kind of time period it feels the same it feels very like dirty and in your face um and then also the 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 Fassie Macbeth that just came out last year like that was another movie that was all like atmosphere and mood and dread uh and it was like very punctuated by a really loud like in your face score um almost kind of like a, a like a death metal album like i feel like these two movies could play as like the uh, cinematic equivalent of like Ride the Lightning or something, especially this movie. Like, I feel like you could swap out the 
the that album for like for the score in this and it would still play like just the same um yeah and then uh there's it, it just has like a really like strong like like cold feeling and uh it really creeps up on you and there's a lot of just like memorable imagery and uh and 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 things in it because you know, first of all, it looks really, really good, and it looks very authentic, and the actors are are completely selling it, and uh, all of the you know all of the characters from the humans to the forest critters, like they're all very memorable. You know, like Black Philip is already like you know like a he's like Animal Freddy Krueger, like he already has like. <laughs> <laughs> like he already has like a Twitter account and he's got a jingle in the movie and you know we've got these two twins Jonas and Mercy who rival the creepy girls in The Shining for creepiest fucking twins in a horror movie um and and yeah like so like basically I just want uh, A24 to release a a line of plush toys for all the satanic critters in this movie like I want my Black <laughs> Philip and I want to squeeze it and have it say, like, satanic things. And I want my satanic bunny. And uh, you can throw in a fowler with removable, like, guts or something. And uh, and a raven. So make it happen, please, because this movie's great. <laughs> All right, Steven. It, yeah, well, what's interesting is I don't even disagree with any of those details. Like, this definitely had a lot going for it and i should back up and say i am mr wimp when it comes to horror movies and i allow myself to see very few and almost only because chris is making me for the podcast <laughs> and the last time i did this was the visit and the time before that was the babadook and with the babadook there was all this critical acclaim like the the exorcist guy called it the scariest movie he's seen in 10 years or something like that and I build up these things and then I go in and watch the film and maybe I'm just not as much of a wimp as I think, but they never frighten me that much. <laughs> so this movie, I was prepared. Like I saw enough reviews, enough bylines that were like, the witch is bone chilling. It's dark, black, it's satanic. It is very like relentless in its horror and I have to say, like, that frame of mind did not do the movie any favors because, like, for all of the great tonal things that this movie was, it did a very good job of being, like, textured, immersive, atmospheric. It's all very pale and muted and gray. It is not very scary, <laughs> at least not in the traditional sense. Like, there are... There are not images that linger and gnaw at me the way that, like, horrifying movies leave me. Um, with that said, I think this movie at least started very strong. Like, it has this great sense of mood building, the claustrophobia of, like, old-timey puritanical America, old-timey religion. Uh, the soundtrack is one of the most unnerving ones I've heard since, like, the Under the Skin soundtrack, I think. It's very good at just... Uh, crescendoing when it needs to and making any moment feel imbibed with like dread and meaning one of the opening shots is them being banished from the plantation and as they're walking away into the distance it could just be a kind of melancholy shot but the soundtrack is roaring in this like very terrifying uh, tremolo of strings and that has a great effect it, it actually had a similar effect to the soundtrack in queen of earth to me actually like where it just does a really good job of being over the top in the right places um and it does nail a bunch of visuals like the raven scene i thought we don't need to go into it but that was one that is very memorable um the whole stuff with black philip the early things with uh the titular witch i think are very creepy and it does give you the sense that anything is possible. Like, they're willing to do this kind of slow burn as slow as possible, but then there's a demonic accent where you have no idea what could happen. But to me, it just didn't nail the landing. Like, I didn't know what could happen, and then not a whole lot 
happened. Like, I, I enjoyed what it was going for. Uh, like, it had this focus on religion, the terror of the old days, and it did a good job of making, like, Carson said the father is the scariest thing in the movie, and I agree. Like, the the lifestyle and that religion are as scary and oppressive as anything else in the movie. Like, this is a world where sinners in the hands of an angry God is true. Like, God is real, and the devil is real, and God does not care about you, and you are going to die. <laughs> like... It It is a very scary setting and a scary atmosphere. But in in terms of adding something to that, like beyond the visuals, kind of the scary moment, X, Y, Z, scary buildup, ideas that I've kind of seen in other things already, like, you know, the twins are creepy and Carson's right to rival The Shining because The Shining did that, like it has creepy little twins. And the mother and father are these kind of religious people who turn on their daughter, and that's Carrie. Like, I've seen that before. And I like the Americana nature of it, the the kind of fairy tale folklore, but I just didn't... I didn't feel like the director pushed it far enough. Like, he didn't turn it into a statement or into a new thing. It's just like a very good transcription of fairy tales put to screen. Uh, so I don't know. I definitely, I, I don't think it was a bad movie. I think it was well made for like a first directing debut that it was. It's a very strong thing for a person to, to come out with, but I just don't, I don't get all of the acclaim. I feel like it's a very good episode of American horror story or something like it's a very atmospheric thing, but I don't, I didn't understand what was special about it. Maybe after Chris, agrees with me then Carson can go back into defending it yeah so uh to go to go into my thoughts on the film we have to apply uh Carson's line that he likes to use when talking about me that you know schnaze is gonna schnaze uh, oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah I mean I, I I I did not enjoy this film um I mean I I'll start I'll start with the positive things I I agree with the, both things you guys are saying. I think the performances in the film are great. The casting is great. The mood of the film is great. Um, you know, Carson was bringing up the these like shots that are just like nice, long, locked off shots on a person's face, and you're not watching the event that's taking place. You are watching the reaction of the person um, that that to w- what they see and and how they're reacting to that taking place, and all those moments work brilliantly. Like they, they build tension amazingly. It really, it, it scares you more than seeing whatever it is that character is looking at, at that moment in time, especially when it's characters like not saying something, trying to leave and then coming back to like, try to decide whether or not they're saying what they're saying. And, and like those type of things. Um, the, the, the film has elements that draw me in and make me excited to want to watch it. But I feel that, the story is very, very loosely put together, and I don't feel like the 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 filmmakers really have an idea of the motivations behind whatever is surrounding the family. Like, I, I guess this relates to tales of events that may or may not have happened from whatever, like different folklore-related stuff. But like, it doesn't feel like there is anything behind what is happening. It's mostly like, hey, these are things that we've heard about and we think sound terrifying and we want to put this into a film and we want to do it in the uh, the most like uh, heavily ambianced way that we can. And, and, and the film does that. But I just feel like it's not doing enough to draw me into the actuality of what is happening. Like it's, uh, you know, in the car on the way home, I was kind of making the point that like, if I asked you to explain what happened to this film, all you could do was recount the visuals. You could not from a story standpoint, walk me through what really took place. You could just say like, well, first this scene happened and then this scene happened and then this scene happened. Um, those scenes in and of themselves build tension perfectly and they're interesting and they're, they're somewhat enjoyable, but um, they, they don't really bring me to the crescendo the film wants to with it's, it's everything that's happening in it. Um, 
another weird thing that kind of bothers me, and it, it sounds like a stupid complaint, but like we, we, Carson, you were joking earlier about the dialogue in the film and like, you know, we should do this whole review speaking or no, was that, was that you, Stephen, that made that joke? Yeah, that was me. Okay. Steve, Steven made the joke. And like, for me, I, I had a legitimately hard time following the dialogue that was happening in this film. Like I, I almost wish there were subtitles. Like I would listen to an entire sentence spoken and then like translate it really quickly right after it was done being spoken. And I understand the need or not the need, but I understand the desire to have all the dialogue be spoken in this way to give it a more authentic feel. But I think more authentic is not necessarily more filmic. And I, I found it a, it was a barrier to entry of a film that was already pressing me as far as like the me picking up on the fact that the film doesn't necessarily know why anything in it is happening. And like I already admitted it, it seems like a stupid complaint and that seems like it, it's my fault for not being able to pay attention to the dialogue that well. But at the same time, I feel like it was a conscious choice. And if you consciously make that choice, you should have a good reason for doing it other than just like, well, like back then they spoke that way. So Let's make this impossible to understand. I, 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 like, like I said, I know it's a stupid complaint, but it's something that I just can't get around. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Car- Carson, you can defend it some more. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to sit here and act like I was smart enough to to understand what they were all saying because I didn't. But <laughs> I didn't really care because I just figured that in order, it, it sort of just is. It, it It is just like a mood piece, really. Um, and I think that having that dialogue, though, I think does add to the movie because I feel like everything else is so... feels at least so authentic that if they were not speaking that way, it would seem off. Um, and that's exactly the same way with, with Macbeth. I've, you know, I sat there... I thought I was watching just like a fever dream um, because, <laughs> you know, not it was also like super late at night, but uh, just the way that movie is filmed and everything. Uh, and, and, you know, then you throw in the the writing of Shakespeare and it's just all I mean, it combines into something that's very like dreamy and lulling. And uh, I think this movie had the same quality where uh you sort of just get sucked into the whole world and, um, you know, everything sort of kind of washes over you. And Stephen brought up Queen of Earth, and I think that was another movie I thought of because I feel like that movie, too, just sort of is a is a is a movie that you just sort of watch for the the performances and the 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 atmosphere of it all. I mean, it's it's a really well done piece. And I mean, all these movies and I had a feeling this would happen because, I mean, it happens all the time. But, I mean, it, it <laughs> this is a movie that's, I mean, it's it's atmosphere over plot. Like, it's not, you don't go to this movie for the plot. Like, I, it's weird that Chris was so high about seeing this movie because I was like, this is not, this does not fit the mold of something that I think you'd be excited to see. Like, when the trailer for Hardcore Henry came on before this movie, I was like, this is going to be... <laughs> This is going to be the Schnee's Runner's top movie of 2016. <laughs> I already know. Oh, God, no. Like, this is the Victoria of 2016 over here. Um, Te- and- te- technically, it literally is. I, I, feel, <laughs> I feel like it, it's another film that that is gimmick. But I, I have, I mean, let, let's be honest. I, I, I think Victoria was going for a story that is was attempting to achieve more than Hardcore Henry is. And honestly, World of Warcraft will be Chris's movie of the year. <laughs> Warcraft. <laughs> I am I am still excited about that. I, I I have no hopes of it being in my top list by the end of the year, but I, I'm genuinely excited for it. I'm only excited. I'm only pulling because Dunkin' Jonuts is behind it. So, <laughs> well, well, but so to the Queen of Earth point, like that's what I'm trying to get at is. Queen of Earth and lots of these kind of movies that it was homaging are very much atmosphere and dread and texture over plot. Like, if I were to write out the plot of Queen of Earth, it would be extremely short, right? Right. Two I women mean, also, are in a cabin. I, yeah, I was going to throw in, you know, Foxcatcher and Only God Forgives yeah. uh, <laughs> as other examples. 
Um, but but like Queen of Earth, this movie just feels like very. Uh, it feels from another like from another time. Like obviously, Queen of Earth was uh, trying to be like a like a Roman Polanski uh, Bergman esque kind of psychodrama, and I feel yeah. like this is this is definitely in the in like that like seventies horror mold kind of you know like like late seven like Rosemary's Baby, The Shining, stuff like that. Like very like kind of heady horror, you know? Yeah, and, has that and feeling. I can... I can see that, and like I, I would say in general that things like like Queen of Earth or Listen Up, Philip, for instance, like Alex Ross Perry is not. He maybe suffers from the same thing where I don't know that he's adding much to the conversation. I just really like the way he repeats the conversation. Yeah. Um, this movie, and maybe it's partly a genre thing in a movie like horror. I guess I look for atmosphere and texture, but I want it to leave me with something like imprinted in my skull, a new, a thing that it examined or like exploited that I maybe didn't have in me before. <laughs> like, even if I hate the feeling of being just scared and not being able to fall asleep, that kind of is the mark of a horror movie doing its job in that it, um, it created a fear in me that I didn't have. And th- this movie felt like a very, very well-executed illustration for, like, a folk story. Like, it is the visual, like, movie equivalent of the drawing next to the book that you're reading about what was happening. And it is very, very good at recreating how these stories would feel, but it just didn't... um The way it repeated the conversation wasn't that interesting to me it was more like just hearing a covers album and being like yeah the band did a really good job but not being i wouldn't make it a frame of reference for anything and i think maybe that's what i'm looking for more you're talking about for in the future because because i think that this movie i mean this movie kind of plays on a lot of things that we've seen in, in horror movies before, but at least it puts its own spin on it uh, enough where that it separates it from everything else. I mean, uh, this is this is way better than something like The Conjuring or, you know, any like kind of run of the mill, you know, like The Visit, like a like studio horror that you that we're kind of used to the Blumhouse stuff. Um, well, I, I, I think let, let me jump in for a second. Like, I because you were saying, uh, Carson, that you were like surprised that I was so gung ho about seeing this movie because it just even from the trailer alone or whatever, like you didn't think it seemed like a thing that I would totally get into. But I guess I feel like you know, with you comparing it to things like The Conjuring, the The Conjuring is a complete thought. Like from a story standpoint, it may not be the best horror film in the world, but it 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 definitely knows what it wants to do over the course of its film. This film is like so. I, I was like, if the if the film can execute it all on even a mildly interesting story, what I was excited for was the presentation of the. Um, I don't don't want to say world because I'm not trying to speak about world building right now. But like, I just I just wanted like this dark, really like I, I wanted to be disturbed by the imagery while it told me a story that was fine. And what I got was imagery that approached that level of disturbing but no story at all and i think that that's what separates like i can get excited and enjoy a mediocre horror film if like where where those films usually break down for me is at the end when it there's some stupid explanation for the entire film this the this film the witch avoids the stupid explanation by having no explanation at all and and maybe that's a like maybe that's a purposeful thing like maybe the filmmakers are like you know like all horror films break down in the end where we get some stupid explanation or some stupid way of uh overthrowing the bad guy or realizing that there is no bad guy or doing some stupid thing that all movies do and this film is like why don't we just like keep crescendoing and then just end the film. And to me, that does not make uh, a really compelling film. I just walk out of the film going like, like that, 
did not offer me any of the things that I really, really cared about. Like you, but you were talking about earlier about like it. it you're almost, it's almost like you're watching a film that could be like a like a, a metal album put to disease visuals. And I feel like if I was watching this in a context like that, like if I was listening to an album of music while these scenes were playing underneath it, I probably would have enjoyed it more because in that musical context, I'm abstracting away the story myself and not expecting a filmmaker to present me with a story. I'm just trying to partake of the visuals and listen to the music and assume a mood from what I'm getting from it. Yeah, I, I was actually going to say almost the same thing. If if this were a music video or like stills from the movie were put in a gallery and I was like watching and looking at an exhibit with very dense imagery and heavy textures it would totally work for me <laughs> though i should carve out like i am not on the schnazy reasons for being underwhelmed by this movie like you chris you mentioned it being loosely put together like a bunch of fragmented ideas that didn't add up to a story i think like my history shows i'm totally fine with things not adding up to a story <laughs> like yeah, abstract yeah. visuals and ideas and like interesting elements that just build a mood I, I think for me this just didn't build enough of a mood like Carson mentioned the the dread and bone chilling high tension I felt like maybe it was a little too subdued for that like it it avoided money shots so frequently that I didn't I didn't really feel the tension by the end I kind of got into the frame of mind very quickly that like I am not watching a movie that's going to show me something terrifying. I'm watching a movie that is only going to be mood. And I don't know, I think that click where I'm not really terrified or dreading anything kind of undercuts those like later scenes that are, they're crescendos, but in the normal horror movie, like graph, they are lower crescendos than you would expect a movie like this to go for. Well, I think the restraint on a lot of it is makes it scarier. I mean, first of all, I think the movie is purposely ambiguous, and I do think that there's the I do think that there's I guess something there that you could there's there's enough of a like there's a threadbare story there that I guess you can interpret how you will, but um I think it's done that way on purpose, and I think that a lot of the 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 tension building and stuff comes from the fact that you know you don't really get to see a lot of the the stuff in it like he could have gone f even further with it uh but they you know he didn't and i think me bringing up you know like the conjuring and and these current crop of like especially possession horror movies you know like they just all end up being the same like there's no like different spin on it you know like uh that's why i think that this movie has it, it deals with the same type of subject matter but it comes at it with a completely different point of view and and uh frame of mind really like it's not it's not coming at it from like the mainstream mold which is i guess the biggest plus you could you could say because it is it's a very art house movie but uh yeah, I mean, that's the only reason why I brought it up is that, you know, all these movies just feel the same. Um, and that's why, you know, a movie like this is worth celebrating because it isn't like all those other movies. Like, I, I mean, I'm waiting for someone to come out with the movie that, like, bucks the trend. Like, we're on, like, all the, like, possession-y fucking haunted house shit like we've been on that for like the last two years you know like in the early like in the mid 2000s it was all like the saws and the hostel and the torture porn and then it like shifted you know after paranormal activity came out so like they need like the next thing because this whole like like wave of possession movies is just like uh like they're all the same now like they're like what more can you do is really yeah so well, and i think like the the criticism of that wave is totally valid from like what little i know of modern horror movies like 
you can't just have all crescendo and all money shots. Like it loses all of the all of the tension when you do that. I, I guess I feel like this movie was so restrained. Like the the perfect example of restraint, I think, were scenes early in the movie of the witch, like in the the very early scenes where she is presented, mm. where like a pretty horrifying thing is happening. And the camera does a great job of just showing little vignettes, very much like a like you know illustrations in a fairy tale, like little things and then cutting away. And to me, that's perfect because that is a movie where, in content, it is willing to do anything, but it isn't gonna, you know, debase itself to do it. Like it has enough respect for you to be like, I'm gonna cut away and let the tension build rather than just like scare you with blood and gore. Um, like, I, I feel like it does that restraint really well. It's more just in, like, it didn't hammer the horror frequently enough or differently enough. Like, there's a scene toward the end with a mother and a raven. And, like, that moment is when all hell should break loose for me. And it really starts to. It is really getting demented. And then I feel like it just pulls back again. And I, I don't really understand why it did that like story-wise that is where i wanted everything to just go crazy and instead it was like it it went for another minor crescendo and then another minor crescendo and then it was over <laughs> and i don't know i wanted to um i felt like i'd sat through enough that i wanted to be overwhelmed by the end mm, i don't know i don't think this is a movie that that like wants to be that way you know i i just i think there it builds and builds and i think it, it i think it builds to a a pretty big crescendo but it's not like how you know a typical horror movie builds where it's you know fake out fake out fake out and then the big you know scene at the end or or you know so essentially like nothing happens until the very end which is pretty much how all like possession movies go, especially but, nowadays. But but there's also like that that it's it's cliche, but it's also tried and true. The idea of like there is some force at work here, and everybody's going to deny it un- as long as they can until things start to get really crazy, and they're going to try to fight it. And it's when they try to fight it that everything goes really to hell, and then the film climaxes. And this film, it's bucking that trend by not doing it, but it's also it doesn't feel a like it doesn't necessarily feel like an earned path. It just feels like suddenly the shit gets real, but there's not really an inst- instigatory uh, event. I don't know if I made up that word. Well, but. well, and I think one thing I like about it, to its credit, like the framing of this movie, I don't think it feels like you ever want to deny that what is happening is real. <laughs> like this movie, hopefully, it isn't a spoiler for the basic premise of the movie, but this movie lives in a world where all of this dark stuff is happening and like, you know, pretty much right away that it's true. And, um, I thought that was a nice take, like compared to the Babadook style thing where it wants to be just psychological and maybe it's all in your head until the crescendo happens. Um, I don't know. I I like what it was going for. I like the setup and even in, in a large degree, I like the choices the director made. I like that he was subdued and a little more restrained and didn't only go for the money shots. It just, something felt missing and like a different third act could have made it feel like a very complete story for me or a very complete feeling. And I, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't quite get that. I think Foxcatcher is a perfect frame of reference, though. <laughs> like, I think I feel like the way Chris felt with Foxcatcher, <laughs> where Chris felt a slow burn to a slow burn to a slow burn, and then right when he thought it was going to build to something, then it ended. <laughs> it got snuffed out. <laughs> and I actually li- I liked Foxcatcher, but apparently, like, Steve Carell and the nose are what, are what do it for me. I can't do it otherwise. So if this witch had a prosthetic nose and was played by a comedian... <laughs> then you would have been totally on board. Yeah. Though to, Meryl Streep did a great job in this. <laughs> <laughs> Into the wood. 
Well, so you're saying that you 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 didn't like this movie as much as the boy. <laughs> well, exactly. Steven didn't see the boy. No, well, you did though, and that movie was boring. <laughs> the 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 boy tried to start to do something interesting in the middle and then it was like you know we're tired of doing this so we're just going to borrow the ending from another horror film right um, yeah and so like i i i have not told anybody that the boy is good so this isn't like a thing where i'm like no i like the boy and i hate the witch um i'm mostly just saying that like this is a competently made film like from a visual standpoint but offers no like the filmmakers don't even know why the things that they're recording are happening. Like they wrote things into the script that they think are scary or represent imaging or imagery that is like compelling on its own. And if like, for instance, we know that like, we've already admitted that, that, that witches are real. And we know from the trailer that a baby is taken. There is zero explanation for why that baby needs to get taken. There are things you could say, which is the reason why that took place. But then if you just go one step forward and be like, well, why is that reason a reason? Then then it just falls apart instantly. Like there, there's, there's so many things, even with like the last shot of the film, where it, it's, it visually works. It presents you with a, like with the music crescendo, with the visual crescendo. Everything everything seems great, but as soon as you ask why, like if you're if you're in a car of five people <laughs> heading home, no one can give you a good explanation for why that happened. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, but I mean, I mean, no movie plot ever makes perfect sense. I mean, it's it's weird to me that like just because it's not literal like it doesn't register for you i mean obviously no, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't have to make perfect sense it has to make enough sense this movie makes no sense not that it's like a nonsensical events it's that like there is no through line that drives all the scenes towards one direction it's, yeah but at the, it's, at the same time do you feel like the shining or the babadook made sense like i don't feel like that is why you like them i feel like they yeah. always are a collection of visuals and like the degree that they add something is what you like, not like, oh, well, the narrative built up to something. I, like, I don't know e if I e buy e that e argument. Even, even with, with when we were talking about the Babadook, like I, I, in my review I said it does some crazy batshit stuff at the end of the film, but there still is one narrative through line. Like a the crescendo is narrative, not visual. Like I mean, it, it's also visual, but like there is a thing that we understand somewhat the rules of, even if just on some base level. In this film, it's like like we at, at the very basic base level, all we know is that this family has been ejected and banished from wherever it is that they're, whatever colony they're with, right? We have no explanation for why they were banished. We have no explanation whether the reason they were banished relates to why these events are happening to them. And we, like, the, the, there's no explanation for any element of the film. And that doesn't have to be a problem. But for me, because of what I look for in a film, I, it is a problem because I'm I'm wanting at least a feeling that there is motivation behind anything that it's happening. Even if it's half thought out motivation or or that motivation is sort of like limited to a simple scope of what, what they're trying to do, I will still accept that over um, literally having nothing to, to base things on. Yeah, but the, the movie that you're describing is like the... is like the American remake of this movie like if this mm -hmm. were like a french movie or something or you know some foreign movie and then they remade it for u.s audiences and then took out all the subtlety and ambiguity ambiguity whatever i uh, uh that sounds french like yeah but i mean like that's that's what this feels because like you're just you're just inserting you're just inserting explanation and exposition to things where it doesn't need to be there. Because I feel like if you did go into this movie and, and like 
piece everything together and had like a reason for why everything is happening, like it would take away from why it's why it works. But but you I, like I don't. It's not that I need a I don't need like an Ariadne like standing there explaining what how how witchness works and what everybody's master plan is. I don't need a scene where like. The family's chained to a wall while a witch explains her plot in a James Bond style. But there there are ways where you could end with something that makes you rethink moments earlier in the film, right? Like you could you like like things like um um uh what was I gonna go to? Uh so like uh sound of my voice, right? In that film, technically there's not a whole lot of different things. Like you have a basic plot and then you're just watching things like you're, you're watching cult events take place and the film ends like this film with a shot that's like impressive in a way, but the shot at sound of my voice defines the, the, the entire two hours you watched before that moment. Like nothing at the end of this film defines the events you've watched previously. It's just like, here's another thing that we can show you that's related to weird spooky happenings yeah but that but that movie just like inception which ends on the same kind of thing same kind of way like those are plot driven movies though like this movie is not plot driven it's all like mood and atmosphere driven so of course it wouldn't end on something like that it wouldn't end on a spinning top and you're just (laughs) like oh shit I, I I know, and I I don't, I don't need that, but I just no. But that's what I'm saying. Like it doesn't like that. Like either ties the movie all together, or it just opens up a whole new can of questions. But I mean, but those movies are they're all about the plot, you know, which is fine. I mean, they work fine for for that reason. I'm not saying that all movies shouldn't have plots, but I mean, like they, they, you know, it depends on just like what type of movie they're going for obviously the writer director of this film was trying to go for the you know bare bones uh atmospheric approach so and i think he totally pulled it off like i think this is a like a seriously strong debut for a writer director like i it's i mean it's very accomplished like it's you know we we mentioned foxcatcher but like i like I had the same reaction to this that I did like for Capote, you know, for Bennett Miller's first movie, like that felt like a movie that like he felt like he had directed like 20 movies already, but it was only his first one. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's what this movie feels to me. Like, I think that's, that's what makes it, you know, good. But, and, and, and I'm saying like, you know, I'm not saying that like, you know, what you're saying is that this movie needs to have, someone explaining what's going on or anything. I mean, I I just think that like there are examples of things like the perfect example is, is let the right one in versus let me in like, let me in had, I mean, it just, it just took everything that let the right one in did right. And then added in like, it didn't, it didn't have like full on scenes where people were explaining shit, but it, it added in enough where, it you know connected the dots a little clearer than you would watching it you know the the original version and and having to kind of piece things together and 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 we all agreed that the american remake was was not as good as the original um but the original is one a film that i did like yeah um, i know but i mean it's just that's just what it that's what it, to me like when you said that that's what it seemed like to me because where you know, you're, you're adding in things that would be like, okay, well, why is this happening? But it's really like, I don't think that was their intention at all. Like, I think that he approached this movie as, you know, so you could invent, you know, you're on, you could add in your own theory of, you know, what was really going on. I don't know. Was it really all happening at all? Like, you know, you could, I yeah. guess, go for that BS theory. <laughs> yeah, and I like, what you could I, go I like for the, the, you could go for the regression theory, you know, spoilers for regression, but nobody saw it. So, um, but yeah, like that, that movie kind of, that movie kind of shoots itself in the foot because it's like, that is a movie that builds and builds and builds and you're like, Oh, like I'm kind of on board with this. And then, and then, you know, it's just like, Oh, well, whatever it it ends with a fart. You know, you're just like, uh, 
Like a literal fart? Yeah, it's just like a ho-hum, you know? It starts to really just go limp. But I, I don't know, like, that. this movie, this movie, like I said, it could have gone even further, like, with the whole, with, with its, you know, imagery and stuff. But I think that, that there is enough restraint where you're, you know, you, you can place it, you can place whatever you kind of come up with onto it. Um, and, and I, and like I said, it makes it scarier because you're not seeing like the whole picture, you know, you're not, the monster's not jumping out right at you. There's, you know, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of imagination. I, that's what I'm trying to think of. And and I will definitely celebrate that too. Like there were zero jump scares in this film. Yeah. The (laughs) only, like the only jump scare in the movie is like a music cue. Like I, I, I like legit jumped. (laughs) <laughs> when uh Caleb's out f-ing around in the woods and he's like he gets stuck in like this big like uh just twisted mess of trees and stuff and right before they cut to that it the it cuts on like this like really high note like a ding ding like someone's hitting like the <laughs> very end of a piano i don't know what key that is but like it's just so loud that i was like oh shit like like the way that they cut that with the cut in the movie, I was like, "Oh shit!" It wasn't even supposed to be scary. Wasn't even like no nothing popped out. I was just like, "Oh." <laughs> yeah, it, it does a really good job with that. I, I like the let one in that the right one in versus let me in comparison. Like one, I was thinking of two of what I think is the extreme version of imagery and texture alone driving a movie would be like any david lynch movie for me i could not care less about what the story is like to chris's point like but what i like about things that unnerve me are there will be there will be unnerving images that stay with me that are different or new from an unnerving thing i've seen before and to me like that is what is needed when you have an all texture movie is you need to have something that strikes you in an original way and this one like carson was saying is all kind of leaves things to the imagination i think maybe the problem is it gets your imagination just right like it doesn't expand on your imagination like this is what you imagine (laughs) pretty much perfectly um and yeah i don't know maybe that's just what was missing for me it didn't push it didn't push anything it's funny that you said David Lynch because I I, <laughs> I feel like you could make you could argue like strongly that this movie is like someone saw Mulholland Drive and was like <laughs> really really scarred like how I, everyone... I was gonna say Eraserhead but yeah <laughs> no but I, I'm saying because I feel like if if you've seen Mulholland Drive like everyone will agree the scene where the fucking like hobo dude or whatever <laughs> pops out is the fucking scariest thing ever like it, it's almost That's your like music cue jump scare Bring. it's almost like that it's almost like the guy who directed this movie saw that was like i'm going to make a whole movie like that guy <laughs> and it's going to be what happened to the hobo after it's going to be creepy af yeah uh is it, it kind of feels like that. We're just like very unnerving, and uh, you're just like, "What the f-? like? What? What was that? Like, no, stop it." Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, should we wrap this episode up, guys? Sure. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I didn't hear anything. I, I I heard a half-hearted sure yes. from from Stephen and nothing from Carson. I just do, I just I just go silent now and wait till Stephen like kind of kind of says something. I so that was imag- perfect. I want to imagine it's like in a courtroom. Like Stephen puts his hand over the microphone and leans into Carson and goes. Psh, 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 psh. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, Your Honor, we will uh, go on to the verdict now. <laughs> um, but anyways, we're gonna get to our verdicts. So, Carson, um, if you're going to give this a must-see, a recommend with the caveat, a wait for a rental, a pass with the caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? I am definitely going to give it a must-see. Hashtag Black Phillip for president. <laughs> Y'all give it a must-avoid, and he's going to come come after you, bro. <laughs> Black Phillip's going to show up and be like, 
no more chopping wood for you. <laughs> Steven? Uh, I'll give it recommend with a caveat. Like, I think it's definitely more well-made than most movies that I go out and see, and it definitely does, like, a good job with what it's doing. I just don't think it comes close to earning all the praise that it's getting. Um, and the caveat being, if you are looking to be scared by a movie, like, maybe you should go for the mainstream slice them and dice them money shot movies because this is not going to give you that at all but i mean i I respect that it doesn't give you that but i don't think it gives you genius levels of anything else either yeah i I think I am just going to uh roll with the headbutts of black phillip and I'm going to give this a pass with a caveat. Um, I mean, clearly, you guys enjoyed it much more than I did. Uh, I think that I didn't enjoy it for, you know, schnazy gonna schnaze uh, type reasons. And I don't want to straight up say this is a must avoid because um, clearly tons of people are talking about this thing. Like, it's the greatest thing since, uh, you know, sliced bread or Kevin's in the woods or outside of the woods. Um, but... Since regurgitated apples. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yes. Uh, but I, I, like I was, I don't know, may, maybe Stephen can attest to I, I, I feel like, like, I feel like I was angry when I walked out of the movie. Um, you seemed angry. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and, and I don't, I don't know what or who I was angry at. I was mostly just like, it was an angry, disappointed, and I, you know, it, it might be a hundred percent me. I'm, so, I'm sorry, the witch. It's not you. It's me. Um, but like, I can't shake that feeling in my head that like I was angry walking out of this movie, and not because it showed me such shocking things that I couldn't handle it, uh, but just because I felt let down. Like I, I, I think walking out, I used the term. Uh, I forget what I I said like aggressively uninspired uh and it made me kind of angry and so that I will just give it a pass with the caveat the caveat being I might be crazy <laughs> I think a little bit but maybe you have some insight into how I feel now when I have to sit through stuff like Carol or Room and I'm just like <laughs> my life man like why is everybody down with this stuff like i don't want to see a movie about people in a room getting raped and annoying kids like not down with this man whoa spoilers <laughs> i think it's a fair comparison we, we need to get you a dog carson a real dog are you is it gonna be fowler because i'm I'll, I'll take fowler they really yep, need to so get on Chris... these witch toys man they need some witch action figures or something because uh, I would buy them all. Some action figures? Yeah. Chris is consistent because he didn't like Carol and he didn't like this. Also, I mean, I don't, I don't want to go... All, I don't want to dive all That's the way true. back into this. But I, I feel like I need at least one hate mail from, um, from Sarah. So, like, Stephen brought up the musical cues feeling a lot like uh, Under the Skin. And yeah. I, I had a very similar reaction under the skin. We never talked about it in, in an episode because it was like one of those in-betweeny weeks when I finally saw it. But uh, but I had a very similar feeling where I was like, visually, this film is amazing and I love what it's doing visually. But like, I feel like there is no reason for things to be happening in in the film. And it it's sort of just like, the the visual impressiveness was undercut by the lack of uh, reasoning behind what I'm watching. So, I mean, Under the Skin was another movie I thought of for sure, especially since the last part of that movie takes place in the woods <laughs> and shit goes down. But and again, it's a movie that's that's mood and atmosphere over plot. Like it's not a movie that is reliant on plot. Yeah. Um, and, and if we all remember, my my 10th favorite film of last year was a film that's all plot and pretty much no mood. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, what movie was that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, now I just remembered, yes. Ugh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that movie was all explaining. It had more <laughs> explaining than Inception, which is kind of amazing. Oh, but right. to uh, to compare this to your number one movie, this should win another award for like most unnecessary comments about feminism. I feel like along with Mad Max, this is like people talked up, like the Church of Satan endorsed it for being pro-feminist. I'd, under the skin, I can give it that, but... This movie, like, you're a pretty messed up person if you think this is, like, pro-anything. This is just clearly kind of drawing dementedly from some imagery. But I don't know what the Church of Satan is smoking when they when they say that. Probably Satan. <laughs> I don't one. know. There's always, there's always a Captain Sabaho trying to talk about <laughs> feminism, oh, you know, or something. It's like... Oy. It's Carson, like okay, you're okay, get us so much bro. Hate mail. okay, bro. No, no, I don't like, have an. Leave it to. I think the, there's nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying that. I just I mean, don't. No, I don't. It no, seems no, like I'm the dumbest say, movie no, to come out it. in favor of for that no, reason. No, like I, I agree that I don't like some comment about feminism. I don't think that movie. I don't think this movie is is making anything. Is making a statement like that? I don't. I don't think so either. Like I agree with you that it's kind of ridiculous that they're pulling that from you know a, a horror movie uh, in the same way that they they did with Mad Max. It was just kind of like I'm pretty sure the main gist of it is that it's a really awesome action movie. Um, but again, but, but, but also but again, the, like my 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 comment was somewhat in jest, but also I mean. It is true. There's just a lot of like dudes online and in general, like that's like the 2016, like that's like how it is now. Like there's just a lot of Captain Sabos out there trying to stick up for women. It's like, dude, they don't need you. Like, shut up. So it, that's what it, I, it's that also was my hard, point. It's really hard to make the argument that the film has any uh, like feminist ideals in it when like there is a minor plot point that we never arrive at because of the events that actually take place. But the p- father's plan is to take the daughter who is now of like the age of sexual viability and like sell her for blankets and apples. But I'm I'm fine with that because that's terrifying. Anyway, we don't need. Yeah, that's that's pretty. <laughs> we, crazy. we don't need to deconstruct it. I feel well, like I mean, this that, is that only just, as that just goes into the more you know more examples of why the father is like even creepier than yeah. the the rest of the stuff in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Think things like this and Mad Max are only pro anything in the way that like any exploitation flick is pro something. Like it just seems weird to tie it into that. <laughs> but I don't know. I've no problem with any of those themes. I just think that statement was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. But, uh, yeah, so uh, I think that's going to bring us to the end of this episode of The Witch. Uh, Carson, uh, are there any woods that you'll be hanging out in that people can find you out late at night chopping wood in? (laughs) No. Uh, no. Uh, Once again, reaffirms that, you know, the woods are scary. Under the Skin, Blair Witch, uh, there's other movies that... (laughs) What? James Woods. (laughs) <laughs> oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "What did you say?" Oh, oh, James. Of course, yes. Yeah. The, exactly. the scariest thing about the woods, though, is when there's a a pedophile version of Johnny Depp hanging around singing songs about little girls. <laughs> um, that that's the most terrifying version of the woods. That's that's pretty frightening for sure. Yeah. Into the woods. Into the. He's woods. definitely the one who stole the baby, by the way. Oh yeah, <laughs> said it was for a wolf. sure. Yikes. <laughs> It's definitely a role that De- that Depp would get down with, you know, putting on the makeup for that. But anyway, Stephen, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller, sdavidmiller.com, and not watching horror movies again. <laughs> people can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com. You can use the contact form on our site or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to The Witch. Hopefully you're enjoying that. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about Triple Nine, 
Z or nine? Triple nine? I don't. I, for, I forgot the title of the movie already. Triple X. Not triple X. Um, <laughs> Damn. Ah, well. <laughs> yeah, triple nine. Close. Close so, enough. Is it? Is it an S on the nines or is it just triple nine? Triple nine. No, it's 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 singular. Okay, triple nine. We will, we will be talking about that movie. So hopefully, you are excited for that. I'm sure, there's going to be lots of accents being thrown out in that episode. So, there's probably going to be a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I would say that let's review Eddie the Eagle, but I don't want to have to defend the greatest movie ever to the one hater. So, wait, we're having a guest on this podcast. I'll, I'll, I'll. I'll... Bill Hader is going to be on. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. This is going to be big for us. It's going to be pretty big. But anyways, uh, we, we we might we I I, I we'll, we'll see. I might, I may go see Eddie the Eagle, just for you, Carson. I, I I I want you to see it, but at the same time I don't because you could come back and still be like, "This was trash, bro." But here's the thing: is I I have no doubt that it will be fine, like as in it's a happy movie and blah 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 blah. But I just I like I know the whole movie without seeing it, and I don't. I'm not excited about spending two hours to see a feel-good movie about a sport I give zero shits about. And I, mean, I don't give. I don't. I'm. But we all know that. Like, we don't care about sports. Like, I don't care about any sports. But like, you know, if you if you do it well, like, it's it, it works. You know, like I I this this movie slayed like every sports movie from like the past twenty years. By the time the opening credits were done, so. Um, it doesn't <laughs> no, I have to see this it doesn't, movie. It doesn't matter that it's about ski jumping. Like the fact that it's just no, you, really you tell well Eddie the made, Eagle that it doesn't matter that it's about ski jumping. It doesn't. Like I don't care about ski jumping either. But that trailer was awesome, and it's funny because I mentioned in the the long diatribe that got cut out last week, and probably <laughs> will get cut out this week too. But I mentioned that this movie felt like a Cool Runnings, and it is. And to the fact that, like, I forgot that this happened during the same Olympics, so there's actually a cool running shout-out in Eddie the Eagle. So, <laughs> you. Cool runnings <laughs> apt comp right there. D- does, Boom. Does Eddie Roasted. the Eagle kiss somebody's egg? <laughs> <laughs> when did, when the, if they had a crossover, that it would be over. Like, you couldn't make another sports movie ever again. <laughs> like, you would have to just go home. You know there's going to be a porn parody called Spready the Eagle, right? <laughs> I think that's the end. I think you hit it. I think it. that's the end of the episode. <laughs>